Hey, this is Clint Byers. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I had an idea to chat with people who are connected with our ministry from all around the world. And I'm calling these conversations with gospel influencers. These are people that have ministries in their countries or regions or even churches. And I thought it would be good for you guys to have an opportunity to hear from them and recognize that the gospel is the same no matter where people are. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these conversations. All right. So we are live with Chris and Brittany. Is it Libertor? Yes. I always want to mispronounce that. I always want to add an E or an uh at the end of it, Libertora or E, or, but it's just yeah. Libertor. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You, you guys. Want to, but. <laughs> <laughs> just Libertor. You guys are uh, in North Georgia. You're, you're not, mm-hmm. I always forget the town. It's not Clayton. Right. Right. We're in Cleveland, Georgia. Cleveland. Gosh, I should know that. Cleveland, Georgia, and you guys operate, own, what's the technical term now that they use? We own a business, um, and I'm the operator of Chick-fil-A. You operate, okay, yeah, because I know that the way that they do their um, partnerships, they have particular language, but for all practical purposes, you own a Chick-fil-A, or you own the business that is a (laughs) Chick-fil-A. And you guys were telling me, or Brittany, you were telling me that you, business is booming right now, just with all the drive-through orders and I guess to-go orders. What, what's business like right now? Yeah. Business is exhausting. Uh, <laughs> being in a small town, there's not a whole lot of national chains, which is where the bulk of your drive-through uh, chains come from. Okay. Really only about four or five of us that have drive-throughs. And so everybody else is unfortunately for them struggling, but their guests are coming to us. Um, yeah. you know, in the uh, experience of trying to hire and staff in a time like this, and it's been a very big boost in business and a very exhausting time because we don't have enough people. But uh, of everything going on, honestly, that's the best type of problem we could have right now in the midst of COVID. So. We're not complaining, but we're just holding on to the tiger by the tail and trying not to let go right now. <laughs> and I have, let's see, let me make sure that it's, that we're streaming here. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. I actually have a few friends with businesses and they're all the same. Everybody's business is up. They're just in particular types of businesses where this is, uh, you know, it's, it's beneficial for them. So. All right. Yeah, we're good to go. So you guys are grace people. We'll say that. I know that's how we got connected. Maybe you can tell a little bit of the story, how we got connected. Um, I know that you're a Joseph Prince fan and we're looking for a church and, you know, we've talked about that, but maybe for some of the people. So people that watch this are, they're local in our church. Then we also have people around the world who you know, consider us their church. I know you've kind of expressed the same sentiment up there up north. And we even talked about uh, some type of connection and, and you know, whenever that works out, whatever that looks like. So first question, I guess, how, how did we actually get connected? Yeah, so yeah, uh, about four and a half years ago, I um, started watching Joseph Prince. My dad has been a long time Joseph Prince person. He would always tell me, oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And I just always blew it off. Well, for whatever reason, I looked into it and, um, you know, the beginnings of his message are just um, stuff that I'd never heard before. And I grew up in church. I'd always been in church. And um, I'd never heard that, um, you know, what Jesus did made me righteous Um, I've never heard that God is wanting and seeking to bless me. Um, it was always, this is what you need to do. And, um, it just very legalism, I guess, or mystic, um, messages everywhere we had ever gone. And so, um, anyway, just got deeper and deeper into watching him and I was like, I cannot go to Singapore. There's got to be somebody <laughs> down here that shares the same idea. And so mm-hmm. I do not know how your church website popped up, but 
I would constantly Google, you know, grace churches, um, new covenant churches, uh, which for the record is a very common term. And we went to a lot of churches that we will never return to. (laughs) No, it's true. There's, there's a lot of very, uh, fundamental legalistic churches that use the term grace church, you know? Yes. Yes. So I, I do not know how, uh, miracle. I don't know, but I was, I typed in Joseph Prince church, Atlanta, Georgia, and forward came up. Yeah. So I don't know if, uh, if you had an article or something and had tagged him in it or something, but, um, anyway, yeah, that was it. Awesome. So Chris, did you grow up in church also? Was it the same kind of background legalism or? Uh, I could not be further from that. Um, so I grew up, my dad's side of the family is Catholic. My mom's side of the family is Methodist. And we okay. grew up in the town. So, I mean, I remember being in elementary school, having teachers condemn me for finding out that my family was split diversity and um, just really grew up just hearing nothing but condemnation from church. You know, that, so right. my... My viewpoint growing up was that church isn't a building, it's a relationship. Um, so I just chose never to go to church uh, because it was easy to not deal with all that by just avoiding it. Uh, the extent of my church was really when she and I were engaged, we were looking at what do successful marriages look like, successful careers look like, um, and all the, the, the models we had in our lives, we were able to look at and say, they had this common denominator and it was their faith. So we said, you know what? Neither of us are really active in church. Um, maybe we should start because we want our marriage to last. We want our careers to last. Um, and there's something about this relationship thing. And, and we both consider ourselves Christians, but we didn't have a relationship with God. It was more of we knew who he was, but not really walking with him. And so we, we went to a handful of churches and really had some good churches over the years as we traveled for work, but I always had a hesitation with churches because my first response is defense because I just grew up being condemned every time I turned around. Um, And so for me, when we started looking at the concept of grace churches, I think the, the teachings fell in line with what I believed more than any other church I've ever found. Um, so that was a really big part of it for me and, um, just really have enjoyed watching her and me come to agreement on stuff more now than we ever had before. Even when she finally dumped all her legalism, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not even just the legalism part. It's just, you know, it it was funny in the past, our conversations were about what do I need to do or what does she need to do? where now our conversations are about who is Jesus and what did he do? Man, you know what? That, that's a huge point right there. I don't want to skip over that too fast because that is so much of what people's Christianity is. What do I need to do? What do I need you to do for me as my spouse? What do I need to do for you? What do we need to do for our kids? And it's like, you know, it's such a good point. Now, who is Jesus? If we know who Jesus is in this area, that kind of guides us. So anyway, I didn't want to cut you off and I didn't want to jump past that point too quickly (laughs) and that's been the biggest things and we don't always agree on everything but because we have this end goal of getting closer to jesus instead of becoming better christians our goal is to just be closer to him we can go along this pursuit together um and really have some in-depth conversations where we respect each other's viewpoints even if we don't always align them and it's been phenomenal for our marriage and of course our faith walk you know, and, and I'm just I'm just thinking about it um, in a practical, relational and even business sense, which we, maybe we can talk about a little bit. But that, that just that's more realistic. That's more functional. That's more productive uh, because it's it's not about trying to become something. It's this is we have this shared relationship. And how do we all get along within this relationship, knowing who we are in him? Of course, you know, knowing that you're righteous in him being the foundation but uh, clearing out the paths of all the, the goals of what you're supposed to be. And I, I would imagine, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I want to ask, you know, from a business perspective, um, 
wanting to get closer to Jesus, using your bit. And of course, Chick-fil-A, everybody knows that's like God's chicken, right? I mean, that's like <laughs> God's fast food restaurant <laughs> on planet Earth. <laughs> I don't know if that's, an, Chris didn't laugh at that. So I'm not, I don't know if that's a Chick-fil-A <laughs> no-no I'm or not. But, yeah, right. he was here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, and I know that the corporate, I mean, I have a lot of friends that work for Chick-fil-A. Of course, Chick-fil-A is based here. Um, Truett Kathy actually used to come and speak at the sixth grade graduations at my elementary school. So, you know, we've known of the Kathy family for a long time and their contribution to spreading the gospel and all the work that they do. And they've even contributed, Chick-fil-A has contributed to uh, different outreach things that we've done. But from a business perspective, you know, how has this message changed that or affected that or has it at all? Um, you know, as you're talking about from a relational perspective, how it changes, but yeah, you because know, I'm and I'm not asking you to describe the theological differences that you might have with people at Chick Fil A, but this perspective of it being more open, not so stringent, but focused on Jesus. How does that translate into business? You know, one of the big things I think that we learned just going through this process was really the idea of alignment um, in what we say is our priorities and our values, and then how we actually live our life. And then most importantly to align with that, which we both agree is always the, the biggest issue to having an idol outside of God, which is our money. So aligning our finances, our lives, and our faith. And the reason why I say that is we realized last year is as important as we thought this concept of alignment was in our family and in our marriage and our lives, we weren't applying that to work also. Mm. We were doing things at work for the sake of doing them because we thought, how are our customers going to respond? How will corporate Chick-fil-A respond? That sort of thing. And we stopped worrying about what should we do or how will other people um, take and interpret what we're doing? We started saying, what, what does God put on our heart to use this business for? Because mm -hmm. in the end, we're simply stewards. As great of a businessman as I would love to claim to be, <laughs> um, it's not my business. It's God's. And mm -hmm. I kept run it the way I wanted to run it, but God was putting this value system on our hearts for how he wanted us to use the business. So we had to say, all right, let's stop doing what we want to do and listen to that purpose. Um, and we really talked a lot about that last year. We have our leadership meeting in January that really launches the entire year. We get away and, and it's a phenomenal experience. Now that's with your, your particular restaurant. You're not talking about corporate right. Chick-fil-A because you that guys pretty much have freedom to run those how you see fit. I mean, I'm sure there's certain principles you got to stick to, but you bring in your own, it's you running it. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's an independent business that's simply contracted by Chick-fil-A to run their business. Um, there's really only a handful of things we can't do like open on Sunday. Um, but outside of that, we can do anything and everything. So every January we take our top leaders and their spouses away for a retreat to just focus on fellowship on, relationships and on the vision and strategy of the business. And we shared this vision with them that we're going to stop trying to make everybody happy and start listening on the calling that God had for us, for our business. And for us, it's to change family trees. We, we feel like um, there's so many people who aren't being invested in, in their, in their um, college, uh, in their education, in their health and their fitness and their faith and their finances. And we wanted our restaurant to become a refuge for that and to become a model for that and to be an influencer in that in the sense of we were going to uh, essentially put our money where our mouth was. Um, so we started stop, we stopped looking at advertising and marketing, um, so to speak, and started looking at how do we get engaged with our team and our community to change family trees. And it all came down to the alignment concept that we really had in our relationship through looking at this, the way the church is that we got to stop trying to make everybody else happy and focus on what God's put on our hearts. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're extending that through our business. And, um, so I'll tell you what so, makes people not happy with Chick-fil-A is whenever yeah. they call and they say, Hey, can I have, um, you know, 30 free sandwiches for this thing that I'm doing that, you know, whatever we get, obviously that all the time. And right. sometimes it's yes. And sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't match our path and we have to say no. Okay. I think that because oh, this is a Christian company, they think that 
we're actually a charity and that we can just <laughs> do whatever so you're calling they, they ask want. they call they call and ask for free food yes, oh yeah yeah <laughs> and, and sometimes it's you know legitimate cause and sometimes like i said just doesn't match where we're going right 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 i can't tell you the number of people that you know that we have to say well we just can't do that right now or whatever and uh, well i thought this was a christian company i thought this was a christian company you suppose you're not very christian <laughs> but yeah. but chick-fil-a probably gives away more food than any other restaurant out there i would imagine i know <laughs> yeah we um it's always difficult to tell people no because one you want to help out when you can um yeah. but two this year in particular was a really big transition because for four years we'd been doing it the way of what do people want mm -hmm. and to go from that to simply saying what does god want from us mm. we had to say no to people a lot and we had to say no to people that we had been saying yes to for four years who had kind of just assumed we continue to do it mm -hmm. um and we really had some conversations sorry um, that's all right we really have, I have one of those too. He hasn't made his way in yet, but neighborhood watch over here. Yeah. Um, but that's part of what being a steward for God's belongings are is um, really doing what we can with them for the mm -hmm. purpose that he has for it, not simply bearing it and waiting till he comes back. So it's a, um, it's a ministry. Cause yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, change your family tree. Um, I know Dave Ramsey talks about that a lot, you know, financially people getting out of debt and teach, talking to their kids openly about finances and helping them understand, you know, don't get into debt and, and save for your invest in your future self. But so, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking there's people probably that are going to watch this and I'm not asking you to, you know, conjure up some kind of teaching, but for your own perspective or from your, how you would answer this for yourself, you said that you went from because that's what every business is trying to do is figure out what people want and then provide a product or a service that meets that need right so what right. you're saying is you um ask god essentially what do you want us to do with this business describe that a little bit maybe personally for the both of you how did you do that was that prayer did you feel like you heard him speak to you what was that process like to make that shift how did how did you hear from him you know, to move that direction? Um, you know, I, I, to start off with the fundamentals of business in terms of what we teach and how we operate our restaurant or like he said, they're actually pretty simple. It's what do customers want? Give it to them, do it better than your competitors and make money in the process. Right. And I've operated for years that um, profit is the most important thing. And, and it sounds weird saying that's so only explained before uh, <laughs> anybody starts getting uh, and turning off Facebook, but we believe that um, it you have to be in a position of strength to help people in need. Mm -hmm. So if we don't have profits, we can't give raises. If we don't have profits, we can't donate food. If we don't have profits, we can't provide for somebody in need. So it's not, when we say profits are most important, it's not so that my wife and I can take more money home as the owners. Mm -hmm is so that we can use that to do good in God's name and glorify him in the community and give it away or, or invest it or whatnot. Um, the big thing I think that we had to realize is um, we're not smarter than God. And so when we were trying to quote unquote, find out what customers want, yes, they want a chicken sandwich, but they also want a relationship. And when we were focused on just the tangible product and not that relationship, we are missing half of what they needed. And in, in a world that craves relationships right now, because they're not getting it from somewhere else, we were in a unique position, both um, in our community, but also as a brand nationally, to become that voice of, of care and concern. And in fact, Chick-fil-A nationally has rolled out a, a mission to become known as a company that cares. Um, so this is something that they're personally trying to do. And we were just looking at what does that mean? So to prepare for that, Brittany and I first started, um, obviously in prayer. Um, and it, it always sounds cliche to me to say that, um, like you start in prayer. Well, yeah, you start in prayer. Um, I think everybody talks to God a little differently. Um, but for me, it's every single night before I go to bed, I pray to him. Um, 
Brittany sometimes actually she doesn't know I'm praying and she'll start talking to me and it's just silence. <laughs> I'm praying. Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> and where Brittany, she does a lot of her quiet time in the morning, but we mm -hmm. both spend a lot of individual time. And then as we're getting ready for this retreat to really look at investing in our team and our people, we come together and we say, Hey, what's on your heart? Because that's how God speaks to us often is what he puts on, on our souls and our hearts and our passions for what's important. Mm. And it, it's always interesting when, when you get affirmation of what you're thinking, because when she feels one thing and it's on her heart and I feel the same thing and it's on my heart and we haven't talked about it and we come together and we share and it's the exact same thing. That's a God. That's, that's awesome. And so that's when it's easy and light, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I say it, it's easy to, and cliche to say, pray about it. The, the thing is, is for me is you also have to listen. I mean, as much as we can talk to God all day long, if you're not willing to listen, both why what he puts in your heart and the people he sends in your life to speak to you, right. um, it, that's kind of how you have that conversation. And so once we understood that this just wasn't just an idea, but it was a direction, it was, it was a foundation for what we're going to do. Then it was just simply a matter of saying, okay, we understand the purpose. We understand the why. Now, how do we actually do that? How do we walk in faith and works? Not works for salvation, not works for grace, but works to share his gospel in this community mm -hmm. and to be the light on the hilltop for him. Um, and one of the things we've always been passionate about is we have to put our money where our mouth is because we talk all day, but we don't invest in it. Then we're putting that money above the purpose. And right. it, it's way too easy to do that. So we try to make sure we don't do that. So we've invested in a lot of things. You mentioned Dave Ramsey. In fact, um, we've rolled that out both through every single employee has access to that. Now um, all of our top leaders and their spouses are sent to the um, FPU uh, financial peace university. And then we um, have rolled it out in the middle school um, financial foundations in the high school financial stewardship and high school financial entrepreneurship. So are you talking about in your community, you were able to get those programs in the schools? Yes. Yeah. Um, we work wow. with David and um, have rolled that out because that's one of the big things um, for those of y'all watching that don't know where Cleveland, Georgia is, which is pretty much everybody. Um, we are a very high, low, very high poverty rate, very low income level. And what happens is when most people don't view talking about finances as a um, socially acceptable thing, so it's taboo. So they don't talk about it. So the only thing they see financially, young um, young people, is what's modeled by their families. Well, in an area where there is not a lot of financial success, what they're seeing modeled is wrong. So we wanted to bring God's principles into their lives, um, and we've opened that up and. and um, we have over a 50% participation rate in our, in our business, um, which we found out from Dave Ramsey Group that we actually have the highest percentage of participation in the entire um, uh, Dave Ramsey program. Before us, wow. the highest 41%, and we hit 53 wow. week. Um, we'll see how long. But, well, it, it's easy because it's God. It's funny. Yeah. It's like we can go, we can do all this stuff, do all this stuff, but in the end, he's going to put it on their hearts, just like he put it on ours. I think that was a really long answer to what you asked. So <laughs> no, it's 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 good though, and it's specific because you know I'm interested to hear that and get to know a little bit more about you guys and how you think and what you're doing up there. But I know it's helpful for people because there are people sitting there trying to figure out, well, how do I hear God for my life, my business? Because it's you know, a lot of people that are watching this, they're, they're familiar with our messages. They're familiar with the faith righteousness message. They, they've been able to relax and kind of detox from performance centered religion. But, you know, getting grace to work for you, in other words, God's influence in your heart to empower you to step into success in the area that he's called you to. That's kind of the the missing, you know, missing secret for a lot of people. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're happy that God's not mad at them and that they know that, but now right. how do I actually live this life successfully under the influence of this grace? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say the, I had that exact same question after listening to Joseph Prince all for, I don't know, 
it was probably six months or so before I, mm-hmm. I came across your website. And um, I was like, okay, so there's all these promises, but <laughs> yeah, how do we, uh, how do we make this work? So um, anyway, listening to all of your teaching, it helped me see that it's, I mean, it's the heart that, you know, that, right. that we work in, in, in tandem really with God. And, um, like we both share, uh, process there. And so for me, it's been continuing to listen to you and learn about how we influence our heart and how we, um, guard, guard our heart for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, meditation has been big for me. Um, and then, heart physics, going through heart physics with Dr. Yeah. Richard. And yeah. that was, that was huge for me. Um, and I mean, I still, I still go through the ultimate impact programs. I'm a little bit behind, but. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I tell people, I joke with people, you know, listening to Jim and following his teachings is a bit like drinking from my fire hydrant because he's so yeah. intense. There's so much there. And, and I've heard him address this. He'll say, look, I don't expect everybody to get everything that I'm talking about and teaching. He said, I put so much out there because I know some people are going to catch one thing and run with it and catch this and run with it. So yeah, you know, don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't let, you know what, you're not behind, you're where you are and you're applying what's working <laughs> yeah. for you right now. Cause, so because you have been able to uh, do that. You've been able to take it and apply it to, mm-hmm. I know that you guys were trying to sell a house for a long time. And so you had to kind of, yeah deal with your emotions and that process because anybody paying two mortgages knows what that can be like and then stepping into business and you know you've got you guys have one or two kids how many kids you have yeah two two yeah so yeah so that that's what i like to see is the practical application of these principles um and 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 they really you know they cross culture they cross uh, backgrounds financial positions so Speaking of culture, maybe we'll jump over and talk a little bit about Kenya. Um, yeah. And it's, it's still in process. You know, Pastor George over there is doing some amazing stuff. But just so that uh, some of the people know watching, Chris um, took an interest. Well, both of you guys took an interest in it. And I'll say for you, a significant financial interest. I know you guys wouldn't toot your own horn in that. But, but in vet, like you said, you're putting your money where your mouth is. And I appreciate that. And I know George appreciates that specifically in the area of a, uh, gardening and renewable food mm-hmm. resource over there. And then kind of COVID hit. And, but you know, it's interesting because what you invested in enabled him to uh, show people the need over there to grow their own food in case a situation like this happens and over there it's easier because of the land that's available in the rural areas which is where he is now in a very rural village and i know that you laid out a pretty detailed um spreadsheet to help him (laughs) (laughs) to help him look at it but yeah i think he'll i think he'll get it it may take a little bit it probably will take a little bit of mentoring and he's a smart guy but I really think that that investment and you taking the time all the way over here is going to produce dividends and returns over there and give them a, a, a sustainable model of, um, of community, church, food. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of rambling for a minute here. But what so what he was able to do because they were growing was provide food for a lot of people that couldn't get out and get food because the lockdowns in Kenya were a lot worse than here. And when it's yeah. locked down in a rural community and you can't leave the house, the markets are closed. You can't, you can't get food. So right. there's not really a question in that. Is there any kind of idea rolling around in your head about the Kenya thing or, or something on your heart to say about it? Um, I mean, uh, you, you no, I kind of okay. threw you on the spot there and left that open-ended. <laughs> no, no problem. I think the main thing for us, and it's kind of how we got started, is, is we just reached out to you and said, hey, we have this idea. It's something we've always done, um, but we don't feel like we've done it the right way. And it got back into that conversation of alignment. It's mm-hmm. every year at Christmas time, um, we work with our kids and we, we work with some nonprofits and we try to help something big for somebody who could help, just help them. Um, 
But what we talked about was really this year is focusing on the, this passion we have about changing family trees. And one of the things that that meant was breaking cycles, breaking cycles of poverty, breaking cycles of um, requiring you know, welfare, breaking cycles of hunger, breaking cycles of lacking of education. And so when we were able to partner with your um, forward church in Kenya, the, the thing that we would focus on is we didn't want to donate. Um, I, always, I feel like I sound like a jerk every time I make my point here. <laughs> no, uh, it's, we, it's good. I, I'm getting something out of it myself. Yeah, we didn't just want to give them something and make them feel good and us feel good at that moment. We yeah. would put some time in now to plant those seeds so that whether it's three months, three years, or 30 years down the road, people's lives are changed because they were able to say never again. Never again will my kids be hungry. Never again will we not know where the next meal is coming from. Um, and that's just one part of it. When, you're, when you do farming and you grow it in a business concept, you can also say never again will my kids have to drop out of school so that they can work to put food on our table because we have a business that's providing now that's doing more than what we were doing before. And when that happens, then they're able to get continue their education and get further along to then go do something else that changes the, their next generation and the next. I mean, you look back on it and my great grandfather immigrated here and he was a cobbler. He fixed shoes for a living and worked in a tailor shop. And he came here from Italy um, when he was a teenager with the money in his pocket and his cousin and they had to figure it out because wow. what they felt was there was an opportunity here they didn't have there. Now, what we want to do with this Kenya church is give that opportunity, bring the opportunity to them versus asking them to leave to come find opportunity. And so that was kind of the mission is let's, let's change family trees where they're at. And um, there's pastor George has been phenomenal in figuring out how to do that. I think we originally talked about it and we're going to do a fish farm and ended up, no, no. sorry, a sugar cane farm. <laughs> yeah. Ended up with a, cane farm, a fish farm and a chicken farm. That's um, right. That man can him and him traveling to other villages and showing them how to do it, which was really, you know, what you're talking about, not just yeah. his own and not his, just his church and his family tree. I think all the, so I think what he does now is as a result of this is he requires, I, I, I'm probably going to get it wrong. I think if there's people working with him that he want, that want him to mentor them as pastors and they have churches, he requires them to start some type of growing program. I don't know if that's fish or not, but I know that was inspired by, you know, what you guys sewed into. Um, so yeah, really cool. And, I think I cut you off. Yeah. And, and one of the neat things about it, and this was a, I mean, we were laughing about it sometimes when we got off the phone with George was <laughs> the reality, what he lives in, we have no idea. Like it's, it's shocking that people live that way still. Yeah. And like we weren't brought into that relationship with George to fix things. We weren't brought in it to teach him. We weren't brought in it to um, come in as the saviors on a um, white horse in our armor. We were simply brought by God's word to share um, our overflow that he gave us so that we could do that. Um, you know, overflow of ideas, overflow of passion, overflow of finances. But other than having conference calls like this, it's all been God and George. We haven't done anything. Um, other than share. And that's God's made us relational. And we just have to remember that. And he's made us that way because that's how he wants to have with us. He wants that relationship with us. He wants that um, conversations that you would not have with anybody else to just trust and open up. And so when we're willing to do that with him and we're willing to do it with other people, it's amazing the outcome that can flow out of it. And, you know, and I really appreciate that process too, because you're not trying to control the process. You're not trying to control George. And I think that's a mistake that missionaries and even mission support has done for a long time is trying to, you know, Americanize the culture, Westernize the culture. And, and so, you know, God kind of vetted this guy for us and, and, you know, our connection made it easy for you guys to find somebody over there, but it's not so easy to find somebody over there to work with. But once you do, and, um, and I'm not trying to disparage the African continent or Kenyans, or any, but it's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's that way everywhere. Right. But once you do, you know, to me, that this message lends itself to setting people free and trusting them and working alongside them. 
looking at them as peers, not, you know, because the, 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 you hear, and so I don't know if in denominational churches is as much, or um, I know certainly in Catholic churches it is, but different languages used, but the hierarchical system, you know, in charismatic circles, it's the anointed one. And, and then those you're called to serve God's anointed. And, you know, this is your spiritual covering and all that. And this message kind of just erases all of that stuff and, and puts you in a position where somebody like you, a business person, who, you know, probably secretly has a pastoral calling the way that you're running your business. <laughs> Not saying that you're going to start a church, but you're certainly running, running your business like a, a ministry and pastorally influencing those people. But, uh, you know, that's something that I see people that really truly understand this facet of the gospel are able to set people free and trust them and trust that God will build his church, mm-hmm. whether it be business or food programs or you know, traditional teaching of the word in a church or, or whatever it might be. So that's something that, that I'm enjoying hearing is, uh, you know, how you got, how it's affecting your, your business personally. Yeah. And I got to tell you, we've learned from George too. I mean, yeah. I remember we, uh, we felt like idiots and we're like, he's showing us the water and all the fish. And we're like, well, where do you get the fish? And he just <laughs> stares at us. He's like, what do you mean? Like, well, where do you get the fish from? He goes, the mom fish. I mean, <laughs> like, fish I'm thinking Ingles or Kroger. Like, <laughs> right. Stock the, the pond, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just culturally, um, they know these things. They know these facts. They know how to do it. Uh, they just needed some somebody to essentially walk alongside them and support them to get it going. And then they're good. Um, and, and not everywhere is that way, but the ones who are listening to God and following God will do that because it's going to multiply the way the parable of talents teaches us is start out with a little bit and work it your way up. And when you're doing well, you're going to get more opportunities. When you're doing well, you'll get more. And they're doing phenomenal things over there. So we're glad it worked out for them. So I know travel is still restricted over there. I'm thinking about going. Do you guys have a desire to go over there? Don't. No, no. <laughs> um, I do want to go. Um, he said I'm not allowed to go without him. So yeah. I'm actually, I, I am interested in going. Um, it is going to be a long time before we're in a position to go. Uh, we have some commitments that over the next couple of years are really going to limit our travels. So we're going to see you. how that but keep me posted and we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, it's, it's not a party to go over there. I love the people, right. but I hate the travel. I, you know, I'm whining and complaining, but I, I joke with George. It's like, I just, I don't like going over there, but I love going over there, you know, <laughs> because when you get there and you're right in the middle of what you know, God would want you to be doing, it's incredibly I mean, selfishly rewarding and gratifying, but then you look at these people. I mean, so like we go up to Mount Paca, which is an area that not many people go, and it's hours away from where George is now and got connected up there through Teresa June Webb, Desert Rose Ministries. I don't know if y'all know much about what she's doing, but... um, Yeah, I've heard y'all. Yeah. So like when I, when I go up there, they get, I've got a, let's see, I don't know if you can see it in this image or not, but anyway, I've got a staff. Oh yeah. So, right, let's see, where are we? This, this staff right here is an elder stick in the Pocot tribe on Mount Paca. And if I were to show up with that, that's not a stick, it's a cane or elder rod. That's what it is. The, the, the people, it means something up there, but it means something because of the little effort that we made to go up there and help them have water and bring them the gospel. And the miracles were incredible, but yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, you, you get up there, you, you get out of the car and these people jump up and down because they're so excited to see you for an hour. I mean, you're exhausted and they can't have the energy because they don't have hardly any food. And I'm really not trying to make a joke about that, but it's yeah. so, so what it means to them to, to invest, it's like, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's humbling. But uh, I say that to, you know, roll it back to you guys, what you're doing over there is you, you really don't even know. I don't even know. We hear stories, we catch glimpses, but you know, it's a very powerful thing what God's doing, but that's the beauty of seeds. You plant those seeds, you're obedient, and then you let God take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
So as far as ministry, Brittany, I know that might be a little bit more on your heart. I, I, I don't know, but um, you had talked about a meeting and then some women stuff and how you can use the, the, the restaurant. It sounds like you guys are doing that on a relational level to your staff and even community. Yeah. Where are you with, with ministry? What's on your heart? Yeah, honestly, I have, I don't know. I've kind of hit pause on some of yeah. things because sometimes, I mean, it's like you see this thing and it's, big and scary and but you know you want to do it and you know you want you just want to do it and mm -hmm. but like you got to take all the steps to get there so right. i see the big thing and i'm like all right i want to do this and i want to do it today and we're going to start <laughs> doing it right now and <laughs> um i have learned that that is not necessarily always the best path and that sometimes there are things you just got to do kind of um, to get there. So, right. um, I have been just putting in, like Chris said, just daily effort and becoming a disciple, mm. not just in word and not just in intention, but actually doing it and practicing right. and, um, you know, making, making this journey like legitimately, you know, Mm -hmm. And not just seeing things um, like in scripture, but like living it, like mm -hmm. not having these theories or having these um, doctrines, but kind of getting, getting beneath all of that. Like how, right. how, uh, how do I live this out? So mm -hmm. I feel like I've kind of just, hit pause on, on just all of those ideas that I had and I just need to, okay, I want to do this and I want to do it well. I want to start with myself and grow myself to get to the place where I can be in position to lead other people. And I, I guess the, the, the big ultimate thing is just having the example there, you know, like I'm, I'm living this. Yeah. And just letting that, letting that either draw people or just overflow to people. Um, and, and I feel like right now it's just like, maybe like right here in our house, like right now, yeah. overflowing maybe a little bit on my kids and um, maybe a little bit uh, in business. Honestly, all the business stuff is, is this guy. So um, I do what I can to support but. Um, well, I mean, if I, if I can, you know, I, I think that's incredibly wise, actually, you know, we, we skip over those parts of the Bible. Like, so the apostle Paul says, you know, I, I, I learned this and then I went away and 14 years later, I came back and met with the apostles and so-and-so I met with them for three weeks. And then three years later, I launched into, you know, I think if you yeah. do the math, it's, it's nearly 20 years where he really jumps into what he's doing and his calling, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't, if I can change up your language a little bit, I wouldn't say that yeah. you've hit pause. I would say that you've got it in the right order because, you know, a lot of people jump out there and, and try to understand this stuff, but don't get it working for themselves. And mm -hmm. especially if you're in a leadership perspective, you have to have that trial mm -hmm. and error process. You have to, you know, go to market with a proof of concept, so to speak. Yeah. So for you to take the time to, invest in yourself and get it working gosh i mean i, I think it's brilliant I, honestly because i know i know people in the ministry that know how to teach this stuff but don't know how to get it working for themselves and yeah. you know so I, I think it's um honorable and i'm not just trying to make you feel better about yourself i, I really <laughs> think that's like, a great way to go about it because because really truly then it is overflow I mean, it really is overflow. That's how Sarah and I started. We had some people in our living room and that God brought together. And, you know, we just met and we were faithful to be, to, to invest in ourselves, which we had done for years and years and years, never mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, when are we going to have our ministry? It was just kind of, no, this is just where we are right now. We're going to, we're going to invest in ourselves. We're going to take each opportunity as it comes. And Next thing you know, you turn around and there's a church and there's people and there's people all over paying attention to what you're doing and then God's growing it. And, 
you know, I mean, whatever it is, it ends up being for you, but, um, yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't say you've hit pause. I'd say you just reordered. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. um, I probably like when I was very first in touch with you, we, we, <laughs> you, were, you were a little, you were a little anxious about wanting to start something. Like you were ready to go. I was like, like these people I, are go getters. I hope that they, they don't blow up. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we had. We even bought a building. No, we didn't. Did you really? Well, we, did. well, we bought a building, but it was multi. It was multi. <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh, we're gonna make. Sure. I wanted that, yes, but anyway. <laughs> I love it. I love it, was, it though. You know, just investment opportunity, you know, we're just getting our feet wet a little bit in that. But yeah. Anyway, we so we had we had some people over like in the beginning and there were a few families and um we would watch some Joseph Prince videos. I ordered mm -hmm. some DVDs and we'd watch them and talk about them, but it just, I think I, te I messaged you this or I spoke to you Yeah, they, they were like, now what is this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, uh, uh, yeah, it just, I think what I told you is that I felt like I was trying to sell something that nobody wanted to buy. <laughs> so it was mm, like, yeah. okay, we'll just, it, we'll just dissolve this. It never evolved into anything, um, like or organic or you know mm -hmm. connection it felt super forced and stressful yeah. <laughs> this this is not right so we just ended it and i haven't attempted that again because i'm just gonna take the time and like you know do things right well yeah let i it, think let it grow i think one of the things is god's gifted all of us in certain things and right um you know, he's gifted us with the ability to understand entrepreneurship and to start something and run something. And we thought that was going to lead towards a church. Um, not being the pastor, not for me being the pastor of it, but finding a pastor that we can partner with and, and share his message. Um, and I'm not saying that it won't ever end up that way, but yeah. at the time we had to learn more about how to actually be business owners and run our business before we were worried about applying it to somebody else's church. Right. And I think what one of the things that I've learned through the years is it kind of like what we did with George over in Kenya is where what we do, we do well, we need to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And yep. so it's not that we need to go start a church. It's that mm -hmm. let's take, God's taught us through our lives and go partner with the church and help. How do we apply this to that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, for instance, uh, one of the things that we've talked about is what if we were able to um, build up enough investments that we were able to give those over to a church that they kicked off enough cash flow to where the church never needed a dime of tithing? Mm -hmm. What could a church do if they didn't have to worry about that stress? Now, I'm not against tithing. Obviously, we right, tithe. Right, right. Teaches people uh, how to trust God, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's but a great we, concept, and every pastor on the planet would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for all the, the stuff that we may disagree with the Catholic Church, that's one thing they did right, is they learned how to run a business. Um, <laughs> so we, were, we just were like, all right, if this is what God's calling us to do, how do we help ministry this way? And a lot of it is through the the people side the talent the development the leadership concepts um, a lot of it's through the financial side of um helping find some ways to do church differently um church has been done the same way for so long mm -hmm. and it's why you started a church because you didn't necessarily agree with how the way the church has been done well exactly yeah and we just feel like that's one of the things that God's put on us is what if we could free it up to do something different? Um, you know, what if instead of finding um, places for uh, women who need to get out of unhealthy um, and abusive relationships, the church owned homes that the women could yeah. go to? What if instead of tithing, the church owned 100 rental properties and that funded things? So now the entire tithe from the congregation can go towards planning other churches to get mm -hmm. them started so they don't have to worry about tithing. Right. Uh, 
that just the idea that we basically said is based off of what God's developing in our lives, our skills, our mastery, our, our um, information base, how do we apply that to ministry? Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we're finding is, it, is it's not us talking or us sharing the gospel, but it's us modeling it in the way that God's put on our heart and um, allowing our overflow to, to go into those ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But honestly, we're not quite ready to <laughs> uh, buy a hundred houses and give them away. So. <laughs> well, but you know, that's the great prophet Denzel Washington says uh, there, have you, I don't know if you've ever seen this clip, but he's doing a, he's, he's doing an acting like camp and he's standing on stage in front of a group of actors. And basically he tells them, he says, the fact that it's in your heart is proof from God that you can believe for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. It's like, okay, yeah. well, I don't, I just don't think, you know, because God wants to provide for us exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. I think godly ideas like that as, as uh, you know, humanistic as they may be to some people, God wants those things too. I mean, if God made a planet for two people and it grew everything that they would ever need, you know, so he's into extravagant provision. So I like <laughs> it. You know, I, I pray for you guys to continue to, um, you know, experience the personal the relational success that you're having and the financial success that you're having. And then also the opportunities to sow into those and, and see that. Yeah. Because I think it would be a powerful thing for the church to be well-resourced to meet practical needs like that. Um, you know, it started that way. Churches built all the hospitals and the schools and all of that. The church was the, mm-hmm. the center for all of those kinds of things in the beginning. Of course, government, squeezes tighter and tighter and tighter but you know what we can transcend that too so yeah we mm-hmm. won't get started on that <laughs> <laughs> i almost went there <laughs> well i know it, it's actually eight o'clock on the dot i know you guys have little ones to put to bed and yeah. i appreciate you taking your time did you have any last minute things that on your mind you wanted to say or share oh man i put i you on the spot I'm, again I'm, I'm terrible on the spot <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, no, I, um, well, I, I, I think I say this a lot, but I just appreciate y'all so much and you and Sarah and your heart for people and just your ministry and everything that touches. And, um, it's truly the, this message, I, I know it's God's message that y'all are just right. following yeah, has right. changed my life. And, um, I just, uh, yeah, I'm just thankful for y'all. So, well, praise God, as we are for you guys as well. I wish it were closer. We'd swing by and have chicken sandwiches more often. Oh, <laughs> well, I think we're gonna head. You know, you're always welcome. In fact, that was yeah, the last appreciate time. That. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I, I think like, we do. Sorry, your mic cut out. So I think it's our turn to come that way. Well, yeah, and we've got a guest room. Y'all come hang out with us. But we have talked about heading up. Maybe once it cools off a little bit, get up there and do a little bit of hiking. I know you guys moved to the Lula area, and I know that there's a cool – well, it's it's called Lulu Land Trust. I don't know if it's near you or not, but uh, I've always wanted to go check that spot out. So, anyway, we'll talk North Georgia hiking spots next time if we jump on a chat. <laughs>